Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Well done. I haven't listened to this this podcast for a while. (laughs) Heard it once or twice. (laughs) Yeah. Hey everyone, uh, this is Liza and the wheels on the bus go round and round. I've not been able to find anything otherwise. (laughs) All right. Okay, moving right along. As you heard at the top, we've got Bagel in the house. I am here. He exists. I have nothing witty to share, unfortunately. On the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Carrie with a K. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got. That's all I got. You were not prepared. Uh, should I have written a witty? Nah. Okay. All right, good. It's it's a moment that is gone. That's okay, because she's had plenty of time to prepare now. Also on the classy girl couch tonight is emily hello okay (laughs) (laughs) just as exciting (laughs) over on the train side of the room is z traveler what's up she's back i'm back yes i'm the controversy the controversy is back (laughs) and then uh bringing up the caboose tonight is naked jim yeah much better this week thank you i have to say looking mighty trim in your little tight t-shirts um yeah well you know what i'm saying you gotta i don't know it's my temple right i like to do i'd like to do dangerous stuff and it's a lot better when you're in shape so no you've been doing a good job you're just whittling away unfortunately because of the weight loss you've done, you're not big enough to wear some of the cool jackets that have been coming in, like the one that our friend Dan dropped off today. So nice I want to shout out to Dan. Thank you for dropping off a jacket. It's a nice jacket, brand new in the bag with the labels on it. So we're going to find a good home. But yeah, it was yeah. super nice. It's amazing what shows up in there. And it's we were, Liza and I were in the donation station room, and we're looking at it and checking out this jacket. It was really nice, and it's amazing the generosity people have. But then we're looking at the, it's all hanging on one wooden dowel, like an inch, <laughs> inch thick wooden dowel yes. about five feet long, and it's sagging. So please, if you need race leathers, jackets, <laughs> come down to the Recycle Garage and pick up some Pants, gear. boots. Yeah. Yeah, if you are local and you are in need of gear. And here's the thing. We don't give away our gear to people just to hoard it but if you generally need to upgrade some gear we've even had some travelers like uh carmel who came through Mm -hmm. took some better boots and left her boots here yeah no there's a lot of trading that goes on i love it when someone comes and buys like a 500 hundred dollar bike and they leave with gear that's worth more than the motorcycle (laughs) they came to buy i know i know for free so yeah thanks to everyone that donates it always goes to good 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 cause um also in the announcements today we've got another award winner in the family Oh, really? Yeah, Mike's a little jealous, I want to say. So, um, our very own Miss Emma. Mm -hmm. So, maybe you've heard her talk about this Motoguzzi that she built from literally spare parts. I mean, I think there's a Yamaha tank and like... The thing that Emma did, It's got though, Norton pipes. It's got Harley it's like parts. A, it's got it's everything. It's like that Johnny Cash song. It is exactly. <laughs> it's a Frankenbike, but Emma has the ability to make everything look seamless. I think yeah. that the like side covers are like Suzuki or something, right? Do you know how hard it is to put side covers from a different bike onto a bike and make it look 
Like it fits in with the tank and yeah. the frame. Oh, absolutely. And she has so many little secrets because I think in the side covers you're referring to, and she had all the paint done, but she had their little air vent openings. Mm-hmm. And I think she ended up taking a, a like a wire mesh mail rack, cutting out the mesh out of the mail rack to put it into the piece of plastic <laughs> to finish off the, the air vent on it. Yep. And it looks gorgeous. It looks amazing. I've seen her use uh, soap dispensers to make instrument covers. Mm-hmm. Like what? the back chrome of a speedometer, uh-huh, the chrome uh-huh. back part. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was like a soap dispenser. But it looks like it was designed by British engineers in 1963. (laughs) So what's really cool is that this bike that she built that doesn't look like any Moto Guzzi anyone's ever seen, but it is pure Moto Guzzi. Um, She won Best of Show. And this is at the Monterey Peninsula Vintage Motorcycle Show. That's Um, fantastic. That's a big deal, Best in Show. Congratulations, Demo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a proper motorcycle. It's a legit proper bike. You know, and it, this is a big win because the the Great Dane and the Dalmatian were also really on point, but she still took home best of show. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations, though. That's cool. Yeah, congratulations, Miss awesome. Emma. Well done. Um, but it's not the first award she's ever won at a bike show, that's for sure. Uh, or the last, I doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think uh, all the work that she's done, um, you know, just getting that acknowledgement from your peers and well say she rides that bike all the time every sunday she's here she rides that thing up from Monterey, so it's not like something tucked away you know in a, oh, yeah. in, a in a shed or something it's she rides it all the time um jim hmm. you've been working on something lately oh yeah yeah well some adjustments but i think if people heard what last podcast we talked about uh, baby jake shipped out so she's knee deep into the navy right now in her air rescue career um, yeah so jim's daughter jake just left home you know how hard that is the empty nest thing so did you get another bike oh i I got i got plenty of bikes um no but what i did get was the space she lived in so uh, (laughs) for more bikes yeah for working on bikes so um it's actually been something that's been on the back of my mind for a while and it's funny how things seem like they're going to take forever but then all of a sudden they're here right so yeah um the kids are out of the house and i've got it to myself which is really nice for a lot of reasons but where jake lived was in the back of my house we call it the shed and it was basically a wood shop someone had built a while back so it was it was it was proper you know roof and electrical outlets no plumbing but a concrete floor and that's where she lived you know since she was probably like 14 or 15 out there and it worked out really well because i have a small house and um so when she moved out i'm like i'm going to convert that into my moto garage right well now all of a sudden it's happening so it's actually pretty exciting and it's actually good therapy having her gone because uh, her and i had a really good relationship we were really close we talked about everything how many days did you wait to strip out everything from the room the day that she got on the bus to go to the airport that <laughs> night i was pretty much had everything out of her room oh my god wow but honestly it was a way for me to focus the energy you know my you know the, to channel the anxiety i had not anxiety but i was sad you know it was a way to mm. to, to take that sadness and convert and plus I didn't want her remnants hanging around one of the things I appreciate that she did is she went she was a kid for a long time then she was an adolescent unfortunately most of it was spent <laughs> here I think um, but then she became an adult right and uh, so I was ready also to transition and get her stuff boxed up you know her souvenirs and basically got rid of all her stuff because she's in the Navy and shouldn't need any of it so it was I got rid of a lot of things um, so it was helpful in that sense it kept me busy what was your first big purchase for the room oh what I love about it it was my first big purchase that came in a crate <laughs> 
<laughs> Ooh. Was it I, lift? It was like it was like mm-hmm. the Christmas story. Like I had my crowbar out and I'm banging it with a hammer <laughs> and breaking, pull, peeling stuff out. So yes, it was. It was a table lift. All right. Did it say yeah. uh, fragile on it? Um, no, but it's, uh, it what it should have said is this thing is heavy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to get it, you know, all, out of the truck by myself and into the into the shed and all that. Um, but yeah, so it's been really fun. So uh, I had I. I, I've, I've kind of put that in there and toolboxes and whatnot, but I'm also trying to figure out how to set it up, you know, to be a, uh, an efficient work area. And uh, so Liza came over and she gave me a bunch of ideas, which I promptly ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I would like to share those ideas for anyone who's building a shop. This is something I've done multiple times and it's really, um, really helpful. Uh, every city I've lived in has had some sort of um, like Habitat for Humanity restore or a salvage place for home home stuff, you know, yeah, you buy like, yeah. windows and doors. And I go and I buy kitchen cabinets, hmm. you know, like base cabinets. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, go buy a solid wood door. And so like our, our workbench in the shop, the one right. on the left, that is kitchen cabinets. It's got drawers and cabinets. And then I solid wood door which if you cut through it or light it on fire you can replace the door they they work perfect but it's solid enough to mount a vice to um we do our welding on there um change my fork seals on there today yeah you did and uh and then i find it helpful to have some of the uh upper cabinets in there to put like your helmets and and tank bags and gear like that in so it's a great place where you can find deals on furniture and Bosley's on the move mm-hmm. um, some trees are on the floor and sometimes you can find corner <laughs> units or you can do a kitchen island kind of thing all sorts of stuff there great place to go to start building a shop yeah you know and a couple of good ideas but the one thing that was like literally life-changing probably the second most favorite thing in my life right now is that that lift table <laughs> like today i was doing the brakes on the fc1 so i had to do both front brakes and then i ended up doing some other stuff like an oil change and some chain maintenance and um but most of the time i was sitting like in a chair like this with rollers and i was working like at waist level in a chair yep. and it was it was life-changing i'm really really jealous right now you should so, be. so many it's days of, of doing the motorcycle work on the ground it Dude. just gets really old I'm yeah. telling you, it's it's life changing when you get the bike up to waist level and you have the proper tools. So it was actually it. I don't know if it was faster necessarily, but it was the most relaxed, enjoyable afternoon of bike maintenance I've had in my life. Dude, we have to make a trip to Harbor Freight to start buying a bunch of tools. And I know, I know what people say, and and I myself have thrown away a lot of my Harbor Freight tools. But when you're building a shop, I always recommend get as much stuff for as cheap as possible. The stuff that you use often, you will replace with better things. But it's good to have this wide selection of things that you may not use that often. And you know, one of the suggestions that I I think I liked of yours the most um, was building a loft. So, you know, in my, my shack, you know, it's, it's got higher, you know, kind of high ceilings, but at one end, what I'm going to do is just with some simple four by fours is build a loft like we have in the garage downstairs. And all of a sudden you just doubled all this storage space for shit like fenders or gas tanks or big clunky Mm -hmm. stuff. But I thought the loft idea was great. Yeah. You make me miss my toolbox. I had to, that's one of those things I had to sacrifice to do the life I had. And I spent so much money putting into it and it doesn't, it doesn't resell for anything. 
Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so it's been fun, and uh, and I appreciate the tips and stuff. It was it was fun, you know, trying the, the the bike lift in different positions, and you moved it back, didn't you? I did, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm still, you know, I'm still debating. But you know what I did? Like, is I took the big flat screen out of the house because I just don't watch TV. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. dude, I could have been working on my bike with like Moto GP and like oh, 48 yeah. inch flat yes. screen. Yes. So yeah, so it's fun. I'm in no rush. You know, I got time and whatnot. So little by little, we'll piece it together. And I'm I'm kind of curious to see how it'll 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 work out but i've already got my project bike up on the lift right now and i was kind of getting into it this afternoon nice so that's yeah oh and shelving units you need to go buy shelving units yeah when you're tearing a bike down it's so helpful to be able to set stuff out in order that you tear it down so um yeah uh, i'm i'm game to go shopping with you if you if you want yeah you're game to go spend my money yes i I am (laughs) but i am stoked because what i was going to parlay that into is i've got the uh, ascot 500 uh the ascot ft that's Mm -hmm. 83 and that's when i'm going to trick out into a uh, like a flat track street tracker kind of bike so that'll be my winter project is taking that apart and putting it back together and yeah it'll be cool you should get the rims anodized i don't know i'm liking gold with the black frame i don't know we'll see oh um but jim Something else uh, arrived after Jake left. So you got a box in the mail. Oh, yeah, back on the This was kind of disturbing. Even when I saw it, it was, was kind of right? disturbing. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm being a mili- not being a military person. I'm now I'm in a military family, so I'm learning all this stuff. So Jakey ships out and uh, and the next thing I know like we you're waiting for something, right? Cuz you can't talk to them. There's no way to access them or they're basically cut off from the world. And all of a sudden his box shows up and I'm like, "Oh, you know, it's got my address on it. I can tell it's her handwriting." Much neater now though, I'll say. And uh, it was a box of like, like I opened it up and it was just shoes and a pair of pants. And it was like her last belongings. It was so eerie. Oh, wow. It was like like before someone jumps off a ship and they put all their stuff neat in their room and stuff and then they jump overboard. It was really eerie. But basically it was her. It's what the morgue sends you. Let's hope not. Well, With got, the shoes I've got, on top. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was freaky. Because she can't have anything. No, yeah, when you wow. get to boot camp, basically they, they kind of strip you naked, say, hold this piece of paper and we'll get back to you. And uh, so they send it all back in the mail. But it, anyway, it's been kind of fun. So that came in the mail. I also got um, just today her, like how to write her. So anybody yeah. that knows Jake, um, if you want a mailing address for her in the Navy where you can send her a note, she'd be stoked. Uh, just reach out to me, however, and uh, and I'll get you the address. But if you don't know her, I probably won't share it because, <laughs> you know, that's that. But yeah, she's off and running air rescue. Keep your head low. This is Michael Marino with the AMA Minute. Bipartisan groups in both houses of Congress have sent letters to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency urging it to increase the amount of ethanol in the nation's fuel supply and allow the year-round sale of E15 fuel. The AMA opposes additional E15 sales because EPA regulations do not allow motorcycles or ATVs to use it. The AMA welcomes Greg Pecorero to its staff as its new government relations director. He will be working in the AMA's Washington, D.C. office. The National Transportation Safety Board issued a report on September 11th that recommends all new on-road motorcycles sold in the United States be equipped with anti-lock braking systems and that motorcycles be incorporated into the development and implementation of onboard crash prevention systems for automobiles and trucks. The 2018 AMA Road Race Grand Championship gets underway October 25th at Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham, Alabama. This has been the AMA Minute. To stay up to date on all the latest AMA news, visit our website at www.americanmotorcyclist.com.
So, Jim, we've been talking for a while of, of we, we've kind of been creating a motorcycle bucket list, haven't we? Yeah. And it's actually pretty good. It's I know. It's getting deeper and deeper. Bagel, I'm sure you have one of these, right? Mm, maybe. Yeah. Bagel's a complicated place. You guys places uh, don't know. He's the, an extreme scooterist. Yep. Like long distance riding and stuff. He did an iron butt on a scooter this summer. That is so awesome. 1500 mile iron butt. Yeah. Wasn't it to a That's scooter a rally? Is I'm, am I re- remembering that correctly or no, that was different? We, well, we, there we, were scooter we went to, along the way. Okay. We went to AMA Vintage Days and on the way back. Yep. He did. I got to ride with him for part of it. Yep. On the same scooter? No, 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 nuts no. to butts. I would not have <laughs> no, actually, there's an email pertaining to that trip that we'll hopefully get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things we've had on our list, besides the Yosemite trip that we did last weekend, mm-hmm. is we've been talking about doing a Baja trip. Yeah, nice. Who did we first hear about this from? What we'll put this. Bug. Well, I, you, honestly, with me, it was on any Sunday. You know, when yeah. you see those guys, Steve McQueen and those guys and Mert, you know, bombing through Mexico in those desert sleds. I mean, that's one of the things that I fell in, you know, with love with motorcycling is watching those guys do that. And uh, so I think that's where Mexico really, you know, burrowed into me was watching, you know, on any Sunday. Yeah. And then I think having Tony Guerra in here talking about the Baja 1000 yeah. and, and the racing that's going on down there. And I think what topped it off is our friend Eric Morley. Yeah, shout out to Eric Morley and Blue Sea. Who's, yeah, who's Eric loves it down, down there. there. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's not close to us, but it's, what's Baja, like uh, eight hours, nine hours? Yeah, about that. About, it depends on how you're going down there. Fast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not that close, even no. though it's a border away. But there's some great writing in here. So I said, you know, Jim and I are really, we're floundering. We've been looking at, uh, should we just sign on with the tour group? And he found one <clears throat> that sounded like it was a good price. But then we realized it was just a highway tour of Baja. We're like, yeah, uh, like I don't think that's really what we want. And then there's other ones that are like really hardcore extreme, like riding in the sand on the beach. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. (laughs) And a lot of them can be kind of over the top, just opulent, it seems like, you know, and uh, like almost more than you really want. And I I think the writing that that at least I I think we enjoy is a small group of friends that kind of knows what they're doing and you can kind of do what Mm -hmm. you want every day. I mean, not to say we don't do larger rides with a group and that kind of thing, but it's also a lot of fun to just kind of go down and wing it and see what's going on. So we're kind of torn in between these two things. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to dip my toe in the Baja thing, and I thought, you know what? I know somebody who goes to Baja who knows a little about it. So that's why I reached out to Carrie, because Carrie has her own tour group, Moto Bird Adventures. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. So Terry, uh, Carrie, thank you for coming on our show. So now we want to know everything. Yeah. Okay. When are we going? When do we leave? <laughs> <laughs> Emily and I, I got are my leaving in back. two weeks. Oh, oh I'm in. Wow. You need a third? I'm good. Um, <laughs> She's and, like, and, no. And I want to say, too, I mean, because we'll circle back to these things. Um, you you've dipped your toe in a lot of the motorcycling culture you're also a writer for city bike magazine yes which is a lot of fun friend of the show um also um an msf instructor at a school even though we're not supposed to call it that anymore yeah Uh, i teach in the city and a z2 instructor just like our our friend mean megan uh, on the track so z2 is kind of it's not really track 
writing, but it's more like the uh, 2.0 of street writing, but it's at the track. Yeah. We, um, when I took the course, we had two track sessions and then it's kind of classroom and then mm-hmm. what we would call range, I suppose, parking lot practice. So uh, I'm just guessing with all this background, you fancy yourself a good rider, do you? Um, always tons of room for improvement. <laughs> Smart answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Tell us what you ride. Uh, I currently have a BMW F650 Dakar, and then the front end is a YZ250. Ooh. Mm. Yes. Oh. And I have Jesse luggage. Oh, okay. But, but OG Jesse luggage before it was bought by the new people who own it. Not, oh. not that it You're matters. Going, that's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Emily, you single. do these rides as well. Yeah. Are you a leader on the group? No, no, I'm not. You just, no, you're just, I just going there for I'm fun? I'm a joint, yeah. And what do you ride? Um, on the trips, I'll, I take my DR650. And that's not too heavy? No, no, it's really light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, all right, we've got so many questions. We want to know all about Baja, and not just for us, but for anyone who's ever been looking for a great motorcycle adventure. So how does it rank like in the world? Is this one of the great motorcycling locations? I think so. I mean, you get a little bit of everything, uh, depending on what kind of skill set you have in terms of riding and what you're interested in. Um, but it's also a little wild, which adds to, I think, the the draw, like the draw to it. Um, you know, and then it's it's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. There's so many. Okay, times that's I- not what I was expecting. <laughs> I've been to Baja. It's a whole lot of desert. It's it's desert, but there's so many times where I've I've been there and I've had to pull over just to kind of sit there and look. Mm. It's just it, the the views are beautiful. You get the desert. There's there's more than just desert there. I mean, you have the beaches. There's the Pine Ridge. Uh, it snows in Baja. What? what? <laughs> yeah. So there's some national parks. There's a uh, quite a few. Wait, mountain how does ranges. that is? How high is it there? I don't have the elevation. Can you can you still get a taco when it snows? Because I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so can you describe all the different type of riding there? Are we talking street? Are we talking dirt? Are we talking adventure? Uh, Street, dirt, lots of sand, river rocks, uh, water crossings. Um, You've got really great giant potholes. So even if you are on pavement, it's kind of like riding (laughs) off road. Uh, you've got the semis to contend with. You've got the RVers to contend with. You've got Mexican driving. There's cows. You've got the dogs. Tell us about Mexican driving. I want to know more. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my favorite is when I take a group of riders down there and I kind of give them a heads up, like, okay, we're going to be behind some semis and they're going to turn their, you know, their left blinker on, mm-hmm. and it might mean that we're allowed to pass them. Or they might be making a left turn. <laughs> yes, I've been to mainland Mexico, and the same thing. It was really like, I don't know what I, what to do. Is this a trap? Yes. Yeah. So, did, were you guys aware of that when, when you're behind somebody, they put their left turn signal on to say it's okay to pass, or is it? I I, I never tr- I never trust a turn signal. So. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that actually. I just appreciate yeah. they actually attempted to use one. No, you you you. The first time it happens, you ride behind them for ten miles. Go when when are they going to turn? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. And well, then you and realize, oh. It's great because they're higher up, so they could see mm-hmm. further down the road, so they mm-hmm. know if it's safe for you to pass or not. And generally, they're they're pretty great to motorcyclists, um, unless you're, you know, on the... Uh, 
on the Sea of Cortez side around Mulahay, that area, there's some nice twisty roads along the water. Um, but then, you know, the semis are halfway in your lane while mm. you're making that turn. Mm. Um, so that's less fun. Yeah. What about the Federales? Are they popping you on speeding there? No. Oh, um, okay. I And I, you know, sure there's speed limits i don't i'm not, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not a, a fast rider it's called rider. a rev limiter i think i just fell in love <laughs> i'm not a fast rider but you know yeah. i go faster than what the speed limit is i've never been stopped bagel does that remind you of pakistan oh uh, yeah pretty much yeah like just not a lot of rules and not a lot of rules <laughs> but it works out yeah so i had a question i think mike uh earlier we were hanging out in the garage mike may have asked this and i don't worry about it so much but i know a lot of people especially for like from not from california worry about the safety right everybody hears about how dangerous mexico is and how dangerous pakistan is and all these things mm-hmm. so maybe you could just like for people that aren't really familiar or maybe are worried about that what's the security like in baja so if you're scared of it Stay out. Leave the roads open for us. (laughs) (laughs) Surfing sucks. Don't try it. Surfing's terrible down in Baja. Uh, The tacos aren't good. No, you know, I've never had an issue there. Um, I camp by myself. Um, You know, there was one incident that was kind of questionable, but there, you know, nothing happened. Um, I get that in Stockton, so. (laughs) Well, and and that's the thing, right? I've lived in some pretty scary cities, and I've been much more scared of the places I've lived in than in the places I've traveled to. Um, I, you know, there's ways that you behave well, 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 at least for me, when I, when I go out and travel, I'm not necessarily out at night. I'm not getting totally wasted and starting fights with locals. Um, you know, I'm not riding She's looking at, at you, Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> um, I'm not riding at night, uh, especially in Baja, you know, there's, there's not much light. Um, there's cows on the road. There's uh, drunk drivers on the road. Mm. Um, that being said, I have been stuck out on the road at night after dark, but it was off-road in the middle of nowhere, so you're pretty safe. I can I interrupt wait, for a second? Uh, Emily, you're failing your job. Bosley's snoring, and I can hear him from but here. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you give him one job. Um <laughs> So wait, kid, what? Tell me about this. What happened? You broke down? No. In the desert? No. No. Ran out of gas? No. We just lost. Uh, <laughs> no, we weren't lost. There was a lot of mud. Oh. Uh. So what? Like a road that shouldn't have taken us as long as it took us took so much longer because we were in like thick clay mud and we couldn't get through it. You literally got stuck. We got we got stuck mm. and and then uh, there was a. There was a, I think it was a forerunner or something that went ahead of us because they thought it was a paved road. They didn't realize it wasn't. Oops. They got stuck because all the bridges were gone. Um, so then we eventually had to send help for them the next day. Oh, man. Um, you know what this reminds me of? Ewan and Charlie. Oh, yeah. But you wouldn't know because you've never seen it. I, I refuse. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We, we may or may not go there again. But this is one of the things that was grueling because they were on a, a road that was just muddy and their bikes just kept bogging and falling over, bogging, falling over. And it was grueling. They also had really big, big, anyway, whatever. Didn't they have trucks they could have thrown them in? They, they had didn't. a whole crew. They didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. They didn't. They just had to sit there and cry <laughs> in the mud and lift it up and go again. But that sounds like nightmarish. How did you get out of it? Oh, it was great. I laughed. I had a great time. I mean, you, you know, at first you're kind of scared because you're like, well, it's after dark and we're not anywhere, but you're not anywhere, 
right? And so we were going from the lakes in San Ignacio down to Scorpion Bay, Bay or San Juanico. And um, it had rained a bunch the day before. So there's two roads to get there. There's either the salt flats, which everybody says to take, but they were flooded. So everybody said, take mm. the high road. And the high road, people try not to take the high road because it's full of moon dust. Um, <laughs> oh, that sounds like something I don't like. No, it's Mm-mm. not Liza. Yeah. I think I've heard many a story of many broken ankles in, mm. in the moon dust. Oh, um, but after the rain, it was all mud. And so we were like, well, let's take that road. It'll be it'll oh, be an adventure. Moon dust mud sounds worse. Oh, it, it was pretty gnarly. It was so slippery. Um, but, you know, we weren't in any kind of real danger. It was a little cold after dark. We were pretty tired from having to pick up the bike so much. Um, mm. But by the time we got into town, it was about midnight. And uh, we were hoping to stay at a hotel because we were now covered head to toe in mud. Oh. Um, and we found one light on in that town. Mm-hmm. So we went up looking like hell. And we were just kind of like, is there a hotel open? And we somehow came to this place that had the grandson of the guy who owns a hotel right across the beach. Oh, wow. Nice. So he went, he said, follow me. And he got in a car. We followed him. He, he woke up his grandfather. He let us in. He said, take a shower, go to sleep. We'll deal with everything in the morning. And he even hooked us up to be able to clean our bikes the next day, which was really nice. Nice. Yeah. So So let's go back. How did you get introduced to, oh, did Bosley fart? Oh, so sorry. Yeah, it happens. It it happens. Oh, (laughs) We, We may have to pause. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. <laughs> Moto Bandito, Doggy Flatulence. Oh, it's something that happens every show. Sorry. Oh my God, everybody's waving. <laughs> yeah, they're waving it our way. <laughs> Bagel, you should wrap your beard around your nose, man. <laughs> it's like a pug filter. grenade went off. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so how did you get introduced to Baja? Um, so I actually had... Uh, my ex who had introduced me into motorcycling had ridden from Seattle to Ushuaia, Argentina, and he always wow. talked about how great Baja was. Wait a minute. Baja is not on the way to Argentina. It is. From Seattle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so A they went way. down from, from Seattle and then took the ferry over to mainland Mexico and then oh, went that okay. way. Um, and so I heard all of these great things and then I saw um, On Any Sunday and what is the what is the other one I'm blanking on right now? About the Baja 1000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, dust, dust, to dust to glory. Dust yeah. to glory. Yeah, so, yeah, and then I saw dust to glory, and I was yeah. like, whoa, this place seems really cool. And so um, I was on a cross-country trip by myself on a KLR 650, and I was going to do the... Uh, the Trans-America Trail halfway across the country. That's on our list, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. It didn't go so well for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had never ridden off-road before. Um, oh. Okay. So by the time I got to the Mexican border, I had actually had not slept the night before. All I was imagining was Bajas covered in sand, and I just had a really bad feeling. I don't know, Z, if you ever had this while you're traveling. You kind of get this new sense of danger like you pick up on different kind of danger or you're more in tune with something that doesn't feel right like you kind of have this guttural response to things well absolutely being on the the road life and always relying on your instincts sharps them and you you subconsciously pick up a lot more vibes around you and people always admit vibes when they're doing bad things or bad things are going on and i've i've had that same experience i never had a reason to believe that there was something bad going there but my instinct said 
you need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so before I was supposed to cross the border into Baja by myself, I just, I had this like instinct. I pulled over, I called my dad and I said, I just can't do this. Something's not right and I can't go. So um, I worked my way back towards LA and a friend of mine linked me up with his dad and said that his dad would be happy to go into Baja with me for a few days. Uh, and his dad is 80 and they no oh, wow. longer allow him. Well, and this was probably four or five years ago and they wouldn't allow his dad to ride off road because his vision was going oh no um but he's been going in and out of mexico for 60 years um and so i had this this guy this older guy bert take me around baja my first time down there and that was pretty pretty incredible so that's how you got your dirt riding experience uh for the for the most that's uh, I did a few more um, kind of the forest roads mm -hmm. through the states when I was going across the country, um, but then it was it was Baja where I started to do a little bit more and then take some courses afterwards once I got back to the states. So is Baja? Would you say this is an affordable adventure trip? Oh, totally. I mean, it depends. Well, and it could be either way. So you can you know go sleep for free in the middle of nowhere and eat tacos and you just got his attention. <laughs> Everyone saw me perk up, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm actually considering going out of Mexico next month." Oh, absolutely. I think, I think I'm going to be sold right now. You said tacos and free camping. Tacos and free <laughs> camping, right? You could get by on that, or you could do something more high end and stay. You know, they have some pretty bougie, expensive hotels down there, and you can stay. You know, at one of those every single night you're there, and eat really, really fancy meals. And you know, they've got wineries down there. Uh, they have this whole wine route that you could take. Um, so you can you can have the low 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 end or high 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 end. I don't know so if we can call tacos the low end. No no financially side of the road cost. tacos though are those are the so best. Good. So you're never going to get better. And you realize how Americanized the tacos we eat are once you have side of the road tacos. Oh. Mm. I'm all, I'll send you pictures like when I get lettuce there. Lettuce and tomatoes and sour cream. I will exist. send you personal pictures right. of the tacos when I get there. <laughs> just for <Yeah>. you. <laughs> oh, I remember we got side of the road uh, fish tacos and it was just uh. fish and some sauce. That's it. So good. Yeah. And some, some little lady sitting there on the side of the road cooking it up. It's like, wow. And they cost like a dollar? Probably less. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm going to get fat. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I hear the beer's cheap, too, and I love Mexican beer. Pacifico? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So how many times have you been down there? Mm, Ten plus. And when did you decide to start Moto Bird Adventures? Um, I was working a lot between a day job and a bar job and working insane hours, and I actually... Um, I actually put myself in the hospital. <laughs> okay. You know, you can't just skip over these things, right? <laughs> um, I just was, you know, traveling to and from San Francisco to Oakland and working. Wait a minute. San Francisco to Oakland, that 20 minute bridge well, ride? <laughs> um, so I was living in San Francisco and Oakland between okay. the two places at the same time. Oh, there's a bigger story here. Okay. A bigger, bigger uh -huh, story. Uh -huh. and, and working so much. And I ended up giving myself some kind of anxiety stress thing where I wound up at the hospital at like three in the morning oh. on a Friday mm. um, so uh, the next work day I gave my notice <laughs> at my day job um, and then two weeks later I was in Baja um, and I had these friends my friend's girlfriend's son came with me mm -hmm. and he brought a friend with him um, 
and I was showing them around. They had never been before. I kind of gave them the ins and outs, helped them find insurance. Um, And then some of the days were a little more frustrating than others, um, you know, because then they're suddenly not making any decisions at all because they've never been there. And so um, everything kind of fell on me. But one, one night, you know, we were sitting on the beach at, uh, have in front of the bonfire, and, and the one guy turned, and he looked at me. He's like, you know, you could you could do this for a living. And uh, it's pretty much all I thought about the rest of the trip. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, then you started Moto Bird Adventures. Yes. How many people did you get on your first trip? Zero. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> How many people did you get on your second trip? Uh, we had. I, I took a group down in April, and there was four of us. So I, I, you know, I cap at seven riders. Um, so trying to keep it small. But there's something we have to clarify. Not everyone can come on your trips. No. <gasps> can I come on your trip? Yes. Can I come on your trip? Yes. Can I come on your trip? No. Oh. Oh. You don't like scooters, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's certainly not gingers. It may it may be gingers. No, it's not gingers. (laughs) Look at Emily. (laughs) No. (laughs) So you started this for women. I started this for women. Yes. Why? Um, part of it was the first few times I went down to Baja and I'd pull over and have those moments where I'm just kind of absorbing it all. I, I really wanted to share it with my best girlfriends. Um, and that was my first thought. I need to bring my girlfriends down here. This is really amazing. And then um, after riding with you know a bunch of guys, they ride very differently. Um, and then kind of thinking more and more about this tour company, I started to look at other tour companies and realized that they refer to women only as passengers. Um, wow. What? And, <laughs> and, oh, and, I'll have some words about that one. <laughs> Just, you know, oh, your wives or your girlfriends, they're allowed to sit in the chase vehicle and, you know, meet you at the end of the day or, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the trips were geared towards men uh, and women weren't even an afterthought. They were just kind of uh, not a thought at all. And kind so, of accessories what we are in most of the culture. Well, not you, but it is true. Many people, many men who ride enjoy taking their wives as a pillion. I mean, yes, it sounds like, uh, but I think it's cool that they're including them. This is something oh, that they share. Absolutely. But this is part of what um, you know, we're trying to bring awareness to get more and more women are getting onto their own bikes, which yes. is uh, which is what we're we're about. We're we're yes, <laughs> <laughs> women riders world relay. We're I just we're. I just like saying we're 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 we're. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've been doing your trips. How many have you done? How many tours? Um, four five. And are they going well? They're going well. No problems on any oh, of the trips? Oh, well, there's always problems. They're adventures, right? So yeah, part, so part of being an adventure. Too. I got a feeling she has a whole like library of stories. So <laughs> I can what, tell what, in her what, eyes. Please share with us some um, things that have gone wrong. So uh, recently, when we went down in April, um, I, I had a flat, my first flat tire on the, on the motorcycle. I don't know how I've never had a flat before. Hmm. I got about... I've never had a flat either. 
Yeah, I, I got mine the day before we were supposed you to You will leave. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had a blown tire, but I've never like just all of a sudden had a flat tire and had to patch it. Though I do carry a plug kit. And that's probably why I don't get a flat. Exactly. I'm ready for it. So you got it on the first night? No, this was yeah. the night. This was the day before we were supposed to leave. Mm, okay. So I brought it to a shop and had them fix it because I, I was working up until the day we left and uh, I just didn't feel like dealing with it. Um, so we get... And then I trailered the bike to the border, which I have no shame about. Um, no, we're, we're talking about doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the five 10 hours. Is terrible. I'm not going to do that on a KLX 250. No, the, the, <laughs> five the, the ride really is horrible all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have time, then it can be really great. Well, because I think it's better to take a car and a trailer so you can take all your hats. <laughs> Isn't that a thing you do when you go to Baja? You want to have hats, right? <laughs> You mean your sombreros? Oh, all sorts of hats. I'm taking hats. <laughs> That's all I know. I think I'm gonna go to. I think I'm gonna go to Baja soon, and I'm gonna wear a sombrero the entire time. See, it's, it's on about top the hats. of your helmet or under. So wait, One so. Helmet. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So what happened? Um. So we get about uh I, that that first day. I think we did 200, 300 miles. Um. And we were moving a little slower than we had expected, than I had expected, and we had to make it to San Felipe. Um. The San Felipe 250 off-road race was happening. Yeah. And so I really wanted to make sure that our reservations hadn't been given away. Mm. Um, and I was covering... Is that common occurrence that they... Yeah, I mean, the, everything had been booked for months. Like, that town really, really filled up. And it was also spring break down there. Oh. Um, and so I was also covering the event for City Bike. So I had to go and check into the media people mm -hmm. and um so i i may have abandoned the group at a gas station <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys i'll be back uh yeah and so i did that and then i went to go check on our reservations which had been given away oh. um and but i did check into the media tent so that was great but uh on my way back to the group my bike suddenly stops in the middle of town um and it won't move forward and then the bike stalls out so i get off the bike and i try pushing it and it won't move and I realized the end cap on my swing arm was not tightened when my tire was put back on. Oh. oh. And it had wedged itself uh, in between my swing arm and my sprocket. Oh. That could have been a lot worse, though. It could oh. have been. I was going slow through town. Yeah, if you would have been going fast, that probably would have put you down hard. Yeah, yeah. So I was very lucky with that. And also very lucky that it happened in San Felipe, where within a stone's throw, there was millions of dollars worth of tools <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Nice. And everybody's a mechanic, right? So um, it got sorted out pretty quickly. And we got back on and we found uh, Palapa to stay in pretty quickly. And so it worked out. A what? Oh. A palapa? A falafel. Falafel. It's in. It's. Piddle, it's piddle, piddle, what, is, what a palapata. <laughs> so palapas, uh, which when you go to Baja are a requirement, you need to stay in at least one palapa. Um, oh, it's not a food. No, okay. no, I, no I thought no. it was a food too. Yeah. No, no, it's not palapas a are like, like <laughs> somewhere between a pupusa and a mango. No. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little spicy. <laughs> I was thinking more like empanada. <laughs> no, they're they're like little. Uh, they they vary in what they actually are. So the one we stayed in was two stories, um, and it didn't have a roof. So it was pretty much just. It's uh, a building. It, yeah, it's a building. It's so just, you're on the roof. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, we were on the roof, open on all sides, uh, just kind of a little shelter. Some of them have. Uh, uh, 
palm reed tops mm-hmm. um, and so they kind of vary in shape and form and it's a, a lemonade stand a lemonade stand but okay. is this basically simple affordable shelter for a night yes oh, Something cool. like yeah. they used uh, local stuff so we're not talking concrete cement sometimes the, they they tend to have concrete bottoms mm-hmm. um, but that can also vary depending on where you are but mostly like a vegetative wall and, and roof if anything if, if it has walls yes okay. hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. cool with it yeah so I had a question kind of back to the tours because I think it's fascinating and I love what you do. So if, if I were to sign up on one of your tours, which I can't, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, so do you have a set route? Can you customize it? Um, how does it work as far as where you decide to go? Um, it is customizable, but uh, it, I tend to have a set route. So I have set trips pre-planned um, to different places. And is it, is it mostly based around food? I hope no. No, not necessarily. Some places are based around food. Some places are based on the roads. Do you always go to Coco's Corner? Uh, not always. Okay. No, not always. But I do like to go there, and he loves when I show up with a group of women. Um, I, I give the women a little bit of heads up about who Coco is and and how he is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain how he is, Coco? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> so Coco, I've gone down there before, and always there are tons of men who show up because it's off-road in Baja and um, he tends to ignore them and he's pulled me to the side and given me chocolate bars <laughs> um, wants me to sit on his lap and is really upset that I haven't married him yet um, we should say that also Coco is is confined yes yeah, so Coco uh, lost his first leg to uh, I think an Di- accident oh, okay and then the second leg to diabetes Di- yeah. or vice versa mm, I'm not right. sure which happened first um, so he's in a wheelchair uh, or on a three-wheeler on his property yeah. <laughs> um, and so he lives in the middle of nowhere he lives in a desert he lives in um, this small little house that is covered in panties um, <laughs> Charming, but it's become a famous stop. It's for a everyone famous stop. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place to stop and, and grab a water, have a coffee, uh, sign his guest book. He's very particular about how you sign the guest book, um, and he's got these guest books that go back for years. and And he always loves to show off the people who showed up to his property on bicycles, which mm. is pretty impressive. He's in the middle of the desert, and I, and I heard did they just pave the road to mm, Yes and no. He okay. is fighting, and he will not allow them to pave in front of his property um <laughs> and so every time i go there it's paved a little bit further but the, there's still a good section of off-road and it's it's not difficult off-road it's just pretty much hard pack mm. um i missed a question how much do palapas tend to be per night um that varies too depending on what town you're in they yeah. could be as little as 60 pesos which is like three dollars mm. <laughs> wow but upwards more of it could be more like 20 bucks mm. No, not that much. I don't okay. think. Yeah, they're pretty low, well, like, like a hostel. <clears throat> what are the hotels going for? Uh, that that depends too. So uh, my favorite hotel is uh-huh. like twenty five dollars a night, and it's Ooh. a really really nice hotel. Do they have AC and all the fancy American stuff? Uh, yeah, it's it's actually a beautiful. So Cactus Hotel is in. Um, El Rosario, which is right, mm. and and it's right next to Mama Espinosa's restaurant, which ah, is yeah. famous stop for the Baja races, mm-hmm. um, and it's been there for a really long time. They're well known for their lobster tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, That's on our list. Yeah, yeah. there. But the lobsters. Are, are have you to writing be in this season. down? No, it's, it's imprinted on my Mama brain. Mama Espinosa's. Okay. 
And so uh, my favorite, that's my favorite is Cactus Hotel. Um, yes. And they have these beautiful, I mean, beautiful, big wooden beds, really hot, clean showers. You're staying in this amazing luxury. And then, you know, I've stayed in places that cost three times as much and it's like disgusting. Um, and then you can get really, really other nice high end hotels uh there's a lot of expats going down there kind of opening of up those high-end yoga retreat hotels and i know about those i was gonna say everyone gave me a look when i said all the Amer- fancy american stuff and it's just like when i was in the philippines you've got anything to a mattress with a bug net over it to the americanized comforts that they offer for the particular people who come to these countries and they want to bring home with them yeah yeah it's definitely not a, a derogatory remark but no there's we have a lot of things here that most people don't realize are not common luxuries in other countries right and everybody has their own comforts when they're traveling too you know so i'm, I'm not i like trees I like, i'm a hammock camper <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> on our trip that we're, we've been planning we were talking about going to one central location pitching you know base camp there uh having a place where some people could rent a hotel some people could camp we could all meet at night for like bonfires some uh, people can go ride on the beach other dirt roads others can go ride on the highways is there any place like this that you can think of we could do that from Oh, oh, yeah. Was, you that, a fart Bosley? Or was that a fart or I'm a snore? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and you were also talking about doing it in the winter, right? Yes. So I was, I've been thinking about this, and I really think your best option will probably be San Ignacio. So it's, it, I'm San taking you say, Ignacio? since it's winter, what, what's the winter months? And I, and I, I figure it's going to be super, super touristy during those those months. No, not necessarily. Um, and the reason why I'm saying San Ignacio is, is they have the gray whales. Mm. And oh. they come through in the winter. They ride bikes too. They do. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been during tourist season? Because that's always a concern for me, as uh, I don't like a whole lot of crowds. Yes, but it's oh. not that's, like that's way down there, right? It is. It's so it's actually that's in uh, South Baja. Yeah, it's right over the border. Well, not right over, but it's right over the border in Guerrero Negro, pretty much. You could also do Guerrero Negro, but it's San Ignacio is going to give you more options in terms of what kind of housing you stay in. Um, the varieties that they're looking for. Yeah, and it's uh, right. It's kind of an oasis right in the middle mm. of the desert. Um, so there's, as soon as you go in, there's like palm trees everywhere. There's mm. a river down there. Um, and then you could do some really great day rides down to the Sea of Cortez side, um, to Mulahe. That's not that Is there free camping thing. in that area? Uh, you know, I haven't taken advantage of any free camping there, but I'm sure there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much camp anywhere because I, I was considering um with my life choices right now if, if things don't work out next month i was thinking about just spending the holidays in mexico and then coming back and trying again um Whoa. and i like free camping so that's definitely like if i'm going to be down there during winter, i'd love to see some whales and i'd love to camp in that area okay san ignacio is about 17 hours from here yeah that's not <laughs> but, but, but what about like rosary beach can you just go to rosary the beach and ride bikes? <laughs> yes yes you can you could totally do that but i really what i it's the gray whales that i'm going to be pushing on you. Is there, um, is there like a guarantee? Can you see them from the beach or do you have to take a boat tour? I, I've taken boats. Um, they're not expensive. What are we um, talking? Maybe 45 bucks. And this is, this is like a half day, four hour 
like a like a half day type few a couple yeah. hours but to get out to the lagoons takes a takes a little bit mm-hmm. um and then so I'd, I'd like to hear more if we were to go there for like four or five days like what would our days be like what would we do you know obviously see whales but we're like what else would we four be five days just does not seem like enough time well i got a job so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got jobby jobs yeah. but I, i'd jobby be curious jobs. to hear like what a typical you know three or four days down there would be like like when you wake up what do you, you know uh, wake up, have whatever breakfast you want. I encourage local food. Um, and then, uh, you know, ride around. Stop. So is this like lunch. dirt, like hard packed desert, loose desert, very, they have everything. They have every, they really do have everything. Some of the roads are uh, hard pack. Um, some of the roads are, are really deep, soft sand that I still stay up at night sweating about. <laughs> this is basically Hollister Hills. But it's it's a very large Hollister Hills. It sounds like this entire Baja is just a giant dirt biking park. Well, I mean, and a lot of times it's probably similar. When you go out to the desert, you think it's just going to be thick sand, but it's incredibly varied. I mean, from hard rock to hard packed. I mean, it's amazing how varied desert riding can be. I just haven't does it, done it in Mexico, and that just seems like the ultimate to me. Yeah. No, I, I well, but, and it does vary a lot. Yeah. So, so you ride during the day, and then maybe stop for lunch, or stop definitely stop for lunch. It's nice to get off and move, um, and then I, you know, depending on how far you're going, how much you're you're riding that day, you know, maybe hop back on the bike. Um, when we went down in April, we actually took a day to ride ATVs around, mm-hmm. uh, which was a horrifying experience. They don't handle like <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and, you know, we went to some hot springs down there. Uh, there's places to go just swimming either on the beach. If you do that, I'd, I'd say do the Sea of Cortez side. That beach is much nicer. And let's, hey, we hey, knock, knock is here. So um, when you're doing your tours, do you provide the bikes? I do not, um, unless it's the tour in Belize. Ooh. So, like, if um, if what would you recommend for a bike to bring to Mexico? Uh, so, when I it depends if you're doing off road or on road. So, let's say dual sport riding. Dual sport, I ride I ride my bike the the 650, um, but sometimes I wish I had something a little smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier to you know handle and some of the more gnarly stuff. Um, and but, pick up. And pick up. But I do know people who go and do the off-road stuff and on larger bikes than mine. So it really depends on what your skill set is, how much you're looking to fight your bike or not, and, and, and where you stand with that. How much do your tours normally cost? Um, it depends on how long they are. So they they my tours also vary from four days to two weeks. Oh, that's, two weeks is a pretty long trip. Two weeks is a long trip, and so that one's obviously a little bit more money. Yeah. <laughs> and and w- so what do you provide on the trip? Uh, I provide all of the accommodation, um, depending on what tour it is. So the dual sport one that we're doing down in Baja in a couple, in a couple weeks, uh, we've got a chase vehicle. Uh, the driver nice. is a paramedic here in San Francisco. Oh. Um, that's and very, very nice to have. Isn't it? Super nice. Yeah. Anyone gets messed up, we got a, we got a paramedic Not right These are women-only trips, just. So you, you don't know. get to go. Oh, no, I'm so just you're saying. It's, that's even better, you're isn't in. it? That's even better. Somebody gets to ride in the fail wheel, I guess, if you mess up, right? That's you know, but that's one of the things I think about, like, because I, I go riding out in Mojave and stuff, and I get pretty far out there, but I'm not that far out. But when you talk about going to Mexico and places like that, you could be out there. So I can imagine, like, you know, you, you pay for it, but having the knowledge that at the end of the day, if something really goes sideways, a truck will come, pick your shit up, and take you back somewhere we can get a taco and a beer. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty nice. Knock, and I think you miss this. Uh, Jim and I have been talking about doing a, a Misfits in Baja trip in, like, February. Or something. That's great. Just bring back some uh, fireworks for me. 
So what? You don't want to come? Do they know, have maybe. lobster Shit. tacos? Lobster tacos. I was gonna. You can. You can I was stick gonna to ask um, <laughs> the women who come on your tours, do you end up making pretty good friends with them? Do you keep up with them when they when they leave? It depends. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Uh, the the plus side of having the small groups is that it's more intimate, so you get yeah. to know people more. Mm-hmm. You bet you get to connect with them on a different kind of level. Um, but you know, everybody, it's like the general human population. You have some that you click with more than others, mm-hmm. right? You, you ever had a... just a super horrible person go with you? Oh come on! <laughs> I want to I know though. Like, is it is because you know we we've all been around where there's that. Well, let's just put it this way: if it's it's an all women's trip, chances are pretty good. Okay. I don't know. I've never been on an all women's anything. Uh, that's my, the biggest fear most people have. My question is: How do you deal with a person like that? You just kind of like. <laughs> you seem really nice. I think you'd take it really well. Um, I I bartend a lot, <laughs> and, and so I'm used to many different personalities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, you know, the other thing that's really helped me is teaching folks how to ride motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I went through the training to become an instructor, uh, they really kind of talked a lot about how students are getting overwhelmed and yeah. you know ways of communicating with them in in and what we as instructors do try to take all of the stress off of the student so that they can focus easier and not feel so scared or overwhelmed and so i've been actually able to translate those skills to my tours and provide environments for people who might feel overwhelmed in one way or another and and you know kind of take all of the stressors I can out of that. Do you have a lot of new riders that go that have never done off-road or totally new to this experience? Um, one of the requirements is that you've had your license for a certain period of time and mm. or that you've put mm. a certain number of miles on. So I don't necessarily want somebody who's never... I just bought a bike. Yeah, because that, that, there's a there's a big learning curve, right? There I, is. I just bought a GS1200. Teach me how to ride it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is I'm not on these tours to teach folks how to ride. Right. Yeah. Um, it's so, more about to travel. Tell us, you said you have an upcoming tour in like two weeks. What other tours do you have coming up? And how does somebody find out more information? So you could check out my website, uh, motobirdadventures.com. And then... Are uh, you the motobird? I am. Is, ah. it, is, it, is it bird with an I just to make yes, that? Yes, yes, okay. bird with Because, you know, I. there's the bird with a Y that they've, the, the scooters and stuff. So people think about that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, Bird with an I, Moto Bird Adventures. So what upcoming trips do you have? Uh, so this is the last one of the season in October. Um, and then come January doing, I think it's January, doing Baja again. Uh, in March, we'll be going down to Belize. Mm. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yes, Belize is a ton of fun. Um, you can't come knock. I know. I live vicariously <laughs> through Instagram photos and poses and shots and shit. And then uh, in the spring, I have um, shorter trips. So if you haven't traveled on your motorcycle before, I think these shorter trips are really great options. Um, just here in California, a few days, uh, Central Coast or north of the city in Marin. Um, and then we did a few a few weeks ago, or was that August? We did yeah. uh, Lost Coast. Can I make a suggestion? Oh, yes. uh, here we go. <laughs> so no, I've got just, one too. Like I, I'm actually kind of curious about something. something in the, in the no, I, I think it's important to do the all women's tour. As we were say, saying earlier, you know, Jim and I did the Yosemite Adventures last weekend, and there was I don't know, like sixty men and three women. Um, but it might be nice to open it up to have a partners trip, so the guys can sit on the pillion. No, but so that people who ride their own bikes but want to travel with their friend or husband or boyfriend, if it's one-to-one, 
and the women yes. aren't outnumbered, but it's yeah, still be a little and, comfortable, and that's fine. Couples, that's totally might be a fine. way to get more people coming, but also enforcing that the women are are at least equal. Here. Yes, so and, I'm say, and, I've taken men as pillions. It's oh, really no, not that no. <laughs> oh, I did last week. Nuts to butts. Nuts to butts, Jim. I've some people be like really embarrassed Don't say about you it. Didn't like it. I've had people be really embarrassed about didn't. it. There, there was a lot of I squirming. There was a it. lot of squirming. Let's just say <laughs> that's I, why that top case was pushed so far back. That top case was about to fall off the rack, and I was like sore from sitting on my tank. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot of squirming. No, um, no, I don't want to tell people that I've taken some guys on the rides before, and I'm like, if anyone makes fun of you for it, you're in the best position. You know, they can. <laughs> and, and everyone got to see that hand motion. But that, that would be my suggestion. I love that you're doing the female-centric riding, but perhaps opening it up to um, partners. Well, and it, as long as um, as long as the woman, yes, no, it doesn't. But sure, it does. It, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it, what? What? It's a female-only ride, but your partners, we're not female, are going. Can that kind of defeat the purpose, Liza? No, it's not like you're going to sign up for a group that you're going to be the only women, well, here, here. Yes. ten men, and that's that's that gives what us the, it is, the, the is. 50 50 at least. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. gives exactly. a lot of women the the I'm not going to be outnumbered all of the time, and you sure. can they can relax a lot more, and everyone has their gender groups they can go hang out with. The men can get testosterone and race around, and the women can chill, <laughs> and they're not alone. Like I've been alone as the only woman, and I'm like I don't want to go race. I'm just gonna I'll have a beer. <laughs> Yeah, just my suggestion. Um, but that isn't all you do. You also write for City Bike, as we said. Yes. Um, I wanted to give City Bike a plug because, you know, they recently ended the print publication. Yeah, that was Is, that was is media dead? Media is not dead. It's just unfortunately changing. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a, of a, what, how do you pronounce that? Troglodyte? Yep. Oh, yeah. Good word. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I hate that I have a smartphone and I hate that I have a computer. Um, and I really, really enjoyed sitting with City Bike and reading it with a coffee. Um, and now I'll be doing that with the computer, which is different, but that's kind of where everything is moving. And so it just makes sense. And now we'll have a larger, I think more folks will have access to City Bike this way as well. It won't just be a Bay Area publication, which is pretty cool. So exactly. I, uh, I've been in City Bike. They, I was mentioned at the Horizons Unlimited last year. Someone wrote about me. Uh, did you? Was that your article? No, Serge. Okay. I'm actually curious about how you got to be a rider because I would like to get into some kind of motorcycle magazine as a rider to help, you know, fund my travels. Um, how did that happen? I think uh, I was, I started advertising with City Bike. I had met one of the riders there and we became friends and then I started to advertise. Um, and then I met Serge and then I went to this. So City Bike every year does this. Bungie Brett's Backroad Bash event. So all of the all of them get together and do this off-road riding event put on by um, Bungie Brent, who is in the Oakland Motorcycle Club. Um, and it's a fundraiser, which is really cool. And uh, so during that, after I had just crashed my own bike, Serge asked me if I wanted to review a uh, press bike. Um, and I couldn't say no. That was a really great opportunity. What, what kind so, of bike was it? Uh, the Versys 300. 300. Oh, that's a cool okay. bike. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's about time they brought that over here. So about the tours, have you ever considered doing an instructional off-road? No. Because you could could charge more. I could. You don't, you don't want to combine no. the instructions and the off-road? 
<laughs> I, I it's been suggested to me a few times, um, but it's not necessarily where my interest is focused. I've had people tell me I should do tours, and I'm like, uh, then I'm really responsible for if this goes bad, and I'm pretty much teaching people how to live like homeless people. I don't know why you'd really pay for it, and I also just do not want that hassle and that headache that goes along with it. So what is a recent article you've written for City Bike that somebody might look it, look you up? Um, so I did a ride review, a uh, trip report on the San Felipe 250 ride. Oh, that sounds cool. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I think that one was called Birds in Baja, um, <sighs> which I, I thought was great. And then uh, I did write a really, I thought it was a pretty informative article about the process of becoming a CMSP instructor. Oh. Um, so that one's called Instructor Diaries. And then there will be one coming out, some some gear review. I got the really cool Stellar brand Dyneema onesie. So I reviewed that. Um, and then there's another one about women, travel, and empowerment that should be coming out pretty soon as well. So you don't oh, always avoid, you don't always avoid controversy though. Uh, so, all right. Explain to me this thing about the there's a, a ride and women voting and something. So the um, this ride is supposed to happen in 2020. Okay, and it's to celebrate the hundred year anniversary of women's right to vote. Right on. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Sure. Oh, hypothetically. Okay. Hypothetically, I think um, right now with everything that's happening for women. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very short-sighted in the sense that just because women had the right to vote doesn't mean all women had the right to vote. Mm -hmm. And so that in and of itself is, um, you know, it leaves folks out. Uh, American Indians didn't have the right to vote until four years after women got the right to vote. Um, And so they had to, prior to that, they had to give up their tribal affiliations to be allowed to vote in the United States. Wow. And then you could talk about how uh, African-Americans didn't actually have the right to vote until many years later. And so while it's great to celebrate um, the achievements of women in the political system, I think we need to be aware of the folks that we're leaving out. And especially now with everything else that's happening in this country. So it's it's well intended, but it's too divisive politically, I'd imagine. Is that, is that the, the, the crux of your issue with it? Uh, yes. Yes and no. I yeah. think it's it's just be aware of, of, you know, it's celebrating white women mm-hmm. only. That's white women. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good, so good point. You you mm-hmm. dig I, you dig a little bit deeper into the story, it sounds like, and you try and understand the real, like, intent or meaning or purpose of something. That's, yes. that's good. As a journalist, you should be. <laughs> yes. And the fact that you're not just there to just shine on, uh, you know, what somebody's doing. Yeah, you're not a you're shill. Just, but looking deeper. Exactly. I appreciate that. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> you're, you're safe. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, hey, that ties into, I wanted to bring up um, our WRRR update, the WRWR Women Writers World Relay Rur-rur. that we've been working on. Hey, big announcement. We hit 10,000 members in four Woo-hoo. weeks. Yes. Uh, you guys are members, yes? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm hoping you're going to participate on this. I already filled out my Google form. That is awesome. Yeah, it's turning into a big thing. And... We're finding that by doing this this big ride and bringing awareness to women writers around the world, that it's going to bring even more exposure to other women around the world who didn't know this was an option. 
Yeah. Well, and and really quick to go back to Baja, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things is that it's women who really work in a lot of these restaurants. And so when I roll up with a ton of women on motorbikes, they're used to all of of these men showing up on on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And then I show with a crowd of women and they're just kind of like, what? What are you doing? (laughs) Who are you? They always leave us these really sweet notes on our receipts. Nice. Um, And so then having deeper conversations with them about that as well. I I was going to ask you about that because as we're you know having women from all these different countries sign up not that many women from mexico have signed up there's all i could find is there's a women's club in mexico city Mm. but uh, do you see women writing in baja i can't think of any time i have last time yeah yeah there's a bunch of uh girls on harley's Women on Harley is riding through. But they're oh, probably really? from here and not yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, the, oh. yeah, those women for, were from okay. the Bay So are you yeah. wanting people from, mm-hmm. you wanting women from Mexico? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just find it so interesting that this is an area that you don't see many women riding. And I'm wondering if it's, you know, you say that when you were there riding your bikes, the women come out and are like, ah, oh, this is so cool. Do you think you're maybe changing the world a little bit? Um... No, are you, are you, I think that, I mean, I think, <laughs> Sorry, Bozzy farted again. Bozzy strikes again. <laughs> so he's been priming him with those chincharonis. Oh, no. it, 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 hits, it hits scary really hard each time. <laughs> Before it was pointed at me. It was pointed directly at me. Um, it's a dangerous butthole he's got. I think it's just uh, um, maybe providing them a different view of what, their possibilities might be can i make another suggestion yes. oh god here we go what i just you're full of ideas <laughs> um maybe interacting with the women and offering some riding lessons when you go down there oh i'd love that i i, I would love to have a smaller bike to do that all right wasn't so bad you're right that's something that we did in pakistan we purposely met with women um some women we just took them for rides yeah on the back of the bike because if their husband brother or father didn't ride they can't you can't hop on the back unless it's a woman and they would see a woman riding like this was their chance and they'd hop on and it meant a big deal to them yeah um and then we met with other women who are starting to ride who are going against the norm and riding um and it it meant a lot to them so yeah maybe this is uh something you can add to the program yeah no that would be fantastic i'm i'm totally open to do that and maybe even getting women to donate the money to buy a bike to have or something. That's, I think, I think that's something that's important. And that's part of what WRWR is doing is encouraging and uh, supporting more and more women to get into writing. It goes hand in hand. Oh, by the way, um, I want to do a quick shout, uh, shout out. One of the WRWR members were, were members. Uh, her name is Zelda in south africa great name and unfortunately she a couple days ago was out riding and pulled off to the side of the road it's unclear if she was waiting for a group or if she had bike problems but uh three men came up to her and robbed her and shot her in the stomach oh my god and she died oh no that's so unfortunate and uh it's so unfortunate that that happens and i can only imagine the fear this woman had as these three men and we lost a very her. bright light that day yeah mm. so that's unfortunate so i just wanted to give out a shout out to you know all the friends and family of zelda and how unfortunate this is 
Godspeed. So um, back to the fun stuff, though. So, um, oh, I know. So you're also uh, an instructor. Okay, uh, a writing instructor. I have to ask, have you had some some people that shouldn't be writing? Yes. <gasps> How are you able to deal with that? I've talked to other instructors who just, it doesn't seem like you're able to fail people anymore. Oh, no. I mean, you, we have a policy where you can counsel them out. And one of the things that we cover in the beginning of the course before they even touch motorcycles is that this course isn't about them getting their license. It's mm. about them learning the safety around riding. And if they decide that they don't want to ride or it doesn't work out for them, then we consider that a really successful student. You can't be good at everything. Well, and, and knowing your limits, knowing what works for you and what doesn't, because motorcycling isn't safe. It's it's a dangerous activity. Okay, you have to have some stories from this. What's what's some of the worst riders you've had? I had a woman recently crash three times within oh. half an hour. Oh. What what bike was she on? Uh, they're all, I don't... Are they so, like on? a small bike? Yeah, It wasn't because she bikes. couldn't touch the ground? No, 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 she could touch the ground. But, every, you know, it, when people are learning, they're very, they get very overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. after the first crash, so everything she had already known, she started to forget. Mm -hmm. And then she started to get more scared, and then she crashed again. <clears throat> and then the third time, it, she crashed again because she was even more freaked out. So at that point, I just told her, you know... Um, Maybe come back a different day. Maybe come back and take just private riding time so that you have the one-on-one -on -one experience. But I think for today, you should be done. And she was relieved. I think the problem is there's too much pressure. Uh, we just take people down to the parking lot, get, spend about 15 <laughs> minutes with them. You're good. Yeah, yeah, put, you're fine. Put them, in a, put them in a welding jacket. Off the go. <laughs> I think my first time riding, I almost went into a stop sign. Yeah, don't, don't don't hit the cars. You know, put <laughs> exactly. your helmet on, wear some gloves. Exactly. Um, and you're just getting into the Z2 track. Yeah, I so haven't actually done a class yet. So in general, though, who do you find to be the better students, men or women? Definitely women, from what I understand, right? I have no? more male students than I do female, mm -hmm. mm. and so I don't know if I could answer that properly. Mm. It's my experience that the men are more confident, so either they can pick it up faster, arrogant, or they don't listen to a word you say <laughs> and don't get it. Uh, well, no, and I think that you're right on the nail when you yeah. say that men are more confident, yeah. and I think that crosses over with everything mm -hmm. in society in general, and so... And, and Z and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, women could be highly qualified for something, whatever it is, but because of the way that things are, dynamics, whatever, they're going to be much more hesitant to go forward and do it because they're they're not as confident. 80% of life is confidence. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you know, I've seen people land jobs that they had no experience in just because they were confident in the interview. Yep. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. have, you taken, have you taken any other <laughs> great <laughs> moto trips? Or is Baja your 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 place? I love Baja. <laughs> oh, I want to go so bad. I want lobster tacos. Can I go with you in two weeks? I, can I just want the tacos. I fit in a mini skirt. <laughs> um, I Quite did nicely. sign up to do the. Uh, I'm si I applied to become what is it the rally for Rangers in Mongolia next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm really awesome. hoping Wait, that works what? out. Wait, what? Rally for Ranger is fantastic. In Mongolia? In Mongolia. So I get to ride a motorbike around. You're just dropping this on us now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been accepted. You have to be accepted. And then you, they provide, what they do is you ride a motorcycle to uh, different national parks, and then you give it to the park rangers there so that they can actually do their job. <gasps> wow. That's dope. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. And can men do this? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. We're not leaving you out. When, if you get accepted, and when you get accepted, can would you come back and share us your experiences? Oh, I that? would love to. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So you just deliver bikes? Pretty much. You have to fundraise for the whole program as well. Oh, so it's mm. not on your own dime. You have to do a, lo- a lot of mm. fundraising. Mm. Um, and then provide your own airfare, I think, over to Mongolia. And I think they also offer it in Pakistan, and I know they've done it in um, Argentina as well. So it's not limited to Mongolia. Wow. Well, fundraising isn't that hard in Pakistan because you can buy a bike for about $300. <laughs> yeah. I'm really jealous. I, I, w- I wish we could get $300 motorcycles that run and also no. lots of the smaller bikes, too. You don't want a 300 Well, we have $300 motorcycles. If you do, we'll sell you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're very similar. Well, um, I appreciate that you've come in and shared all this Baja stuff. So you're getting, I think we're all like a little so bit fired excited up. about yeah. it. Because it's going to happen. That's what's Hopefully fun. I can message you with more questions. Please do. Um, well, you're going to regret that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Email exploded. I do want to ask both of you the question. Oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. So, and Emily, you haven't talked much, but you, so you do these trips, you ride legit bikes, you're a legit rider too, right? Yeah. More or less. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who's a better rider? Carrie. I've been riding longer than Emily, <laughs> okay. and I've taken more classes than Emily. I, but I was trying to start a fight. Yeah. Okay. But, but Emily's <laughs> faster. So That's well. what I hear. But Emily's faster, and Emily rides with her dog. I don't do that. Nice. What kind of dog do you have? I have a little tiny, um, kind of like a Chihuahua mutt mix. Yeah. Yeah. Found under a is bush. Is it a, a, nice. a boy or a girl? A girl. What's uh, her name? Uh, Avis. Is it on the tank or behind you? Uh, she's in a bag behind me, like the Kuryakin motorcycle mm-hmm. specific dog carrier unlike cool. electric That's terry awesome. who was here today with the giant yeah, dog in that front was of him. cool did that freak you out that like did. what <laughs> well, really like, impressive man the movement i would get really thrown off i think Just oh yeah that. try riding alongside him on the freeway I ask, uh, we, we <laughs> it's the scariest thing here. ever yeah oh knock side side note you missed the death machine was here i today. saw the mm-hmm. the grom reaver yeah the i Grom was Reaper. at the uh, bar earlier and i saw mm-hmm. that thing he let bex ride it Oh, God. Uh-huh. She didn't crash into anything. Well, I they, said, tell you what, she, if you're going to let her ride it, aim it at a bush. Yeah. And take it out of sport mode. <laughs> exactly. Take it out of he sport did, mode. He did knock it down to half percent power, though. Yeah, yeah. for those who don't know. As um, long as Henry's not on it, you're, you're I think he's Actually, okay. no, we're not supposed to say that. This didn't exist. Nobody rode on that. Nobody rode bike anything. That wasn't here today. That Whoops. wasn't here today. <laughs> what bike? That is a Grom. <laughs> like six times the horsepower. How many teeth went up the sprocket? Doesn't exist. Oh, that was a huge sprocket on the size of a pizza. All right, so back to the question. You've had time to think about this. All right, Carrie, what is your up the butt bike? I've never ridden one. Wait, but Africa Twin? No, oh, okay. um, I, I really like the GSPD 80s. What is this? The the um, the BMW Paris Dakar, the original ones. Oh, I think they're beautiful. I think they're really really beautiful. Do I bikes. have one, a model of one above me? It, it might be right behind your head. Yeah, with the white tank. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, I really yeah, love yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is that the 1050? Uh, yeah. This is bad. Yeah, no, that's is like a, a 1000. No, that's an 80. That's an R80. That's yeah. a bitch. But yeah, the the old GSs. Um, I have a friend, Jenna, who used to race those. Like very cool. There's a whole group of people re- reviving these R80s and they're racing. beautiful. Yeah, Swapping they out the front end and um, yeah, really cool. All right, Emily, 
what is your up the butt bike um i guess you won't be judged well i have a lot but yes i think (laughs) i think the main the main one i guess i'd have to say would be oh man drz 400 i don't know why wait it's just always this is like the golden ticket wish I know. I don't know why. DRZ I don't know why. I don't know why. Because I know a lot of people who will make that happen. Because you'd be careful. There's one sitting outside. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. But that bike is always. But also, like, oh god. But the KTM that. Uh, okay, you're that getting f- a little bit better. The 500. <laughs> also, yes. judgment. The and then I just sport. rode a, a 990 Adventure, uh-huh. and I, if I had the cash on me, I would have bought it right then and there. Um, like your taste, lady. Oh, I don't know. That's that's a lot of up the butt. So it sounds like you guys adventure adventure riding is your 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 bag, right? This is your gig. Both you guys, I love the bikes they pick. I know. How do you handle sand? Is it fun? I have night sweats. Faster. Okay, me too. (laughs) Fast or slow? Fast. I like Emily. I know what I'm supposed to do in sand, but what happens when I get out there is a different story. Uh huh. So I go medium speed. I go medium speed, and you can yeah. do that, and then you get stuck. Not no. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't worked out yet. No, not yet. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. I, yeah, I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. Time, I'm so impressed. Know, just, uh, Thoroughly impressed. So, what's the most? Uh, what are some of the most common bikes that women are bringing down to Baja for these trips? Uh, the D. They think the DRs or you know Suzukis or BMWs, pretty much. That's yeah. a good question. You know, when I have a question. Is, is how small of a, a bike you can bring? Can you bring a, a, a 250 air-cooled or sure. something like that and have a good time? And Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of times when you talk about, oh, what's the Baja bike? You know, it's, it's like it's the bullet. 650 r It's been... It no, has a KLR 650. No, no, no. <laughs> does, does it run? Yeah, right. But, then take but, it. Right, totally. Because what you hear all the time, oh, it's like the Honda 450. That's the, the desert bike. But I got a, I got a cheap-ass little Kawasaki 250, and I think it'll rock down there, but I don't know. I've seen a guy on scooter. A scooter. <laughs> he did the whole thing on a scooter. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Bagel? I have friends, friends who have gone down there. Yeah. Bagel, are yeah. you going to have your adventure scooter ready by February? No, unfortunately. <laughs> Dude. Dude. Man. My life You've been sucks. talking about this forever. <laughs> I know. My life keeps getting in the way of everything I want to work on, damn it. I want you damn to it. come to Baja I want an adventure to scooter I want adventure to scooter I want to see adventure scooter yeah. I want it in your adventure flip flops uh, oh yes I about that Remember oh wait like, are adventure flip flops Crocs <laughs> no, no Crocs no, no. no Crocs <laughs> those aren't allowed scooter's one thing Crocs a whole other level that's like next level <laughs> you can't do that you gotta have you seen uh, any CB500X's get brought down I'm curious because Jenny Morgan's so big on um, promoting them. I didn't know if any women took after her as a as a role model to buy one. Not not on any of my trips. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they might Just curious. Be down there. Yeah. yeah. My, mine right. might be going down there soon. Well, cool. You got us all jazzed. We're gonna keep plotting. I'll hit you up more. But for now, I want to get to some emails because mm-hmm. we've got a stack of them. Oh yeah. I want to. Yeah. I want to oh, tell well. everyone I love the emails you're sending. The the long ones we do read them. But I'm not going to be able to read everything here. But it, it's hard not to pass up on an email whose title is, I did a dumb thing. <laughs> oh, I'm already interested. Right. I know. That's how most of my stories start. So, <laughs> Or hold my beer. So this, <laughs> this is from our friend Matthew Woods. Uh, his past bikes he's ridden are a Vulcan 750, a Buell Firebolt XB12R, and an 07 FZ1. 
But his uh, his current bike is a 2013 FJR. Decent, decent, good, legit bike. Um, but here's the dumb thing he did. He bought a second bike. Yeah. All right. He's, it is a clean, non-running 1980 BMW R65. The guy he bought it from had two older BMWs that were running. He just didn't have time to work on this one. Heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. So... His overall plan is to keep it original, uh, upgrade to newer parts where you need to, you know, functioning stuff like brake caliper shocks and all that. Um, The front brake was seized up, and that's where I started. I started with the front brake because it'll make it easier to move around and hold in place. Uh, Of course, it being seized. He pulled the master cylinder off the bike, and it was a mess. Spent some time pulling all the rubber rubber boot off that had disintegrated into the master cylinder it had some solid gunk in the bottom of it and you can see the gunk in the lines i think he thinks that he can make the original master cylinder work with new internals he's waiting for new stainless lines to come Hmm. so he tore into the caliper and there was fluid in there so he'd hope that the same issue from the master cylinder gunk wasn't in there he had no such luck One of the pistons was rusted solid to the caliper. He purchased a brand new Brembo caliper with pad instead of trying to rebuild the 40-year-old ATE caliper. Pulled the air filter, and at some point, a mouse decided to make a house on top of it. Oh, yes. Sounds about right. There may be more to the email, but Jim only gave me one page. No! But I think I think the the mistake here he's saying he made, the dumb thing he did is he bought a project bike. And I'm here to tell you, that is not a dumb thing. Well, now that Jim has pushed it into the middle of the room. I knew you were going to read the whole thing. <laughs> so, But it's not a dumb thing. I think that is a perfect project bike to have. Um, so that's all. He's just saying he has a long project on his hands. He's got a lot more to do. He's going to drain the oil, new battery and such. But yeah, when something and calipers are in that condition... It's the best way to learn. This is how we yeah. learn on stuff here. Yep, forensics. Uh, Z got to learn today how to get a stripped bolt out of her forks. Stripped bolt, and uh, the whole fork seal process was new to me. I've torn the back part of my bike apart and the tank off, but I've never taken the forks off until today. Hmm. I highly recommend getting an old, cheap, or free bike, tearing it down, best way to learn. Don't take a good running bike and tear it down. Yep. Don't take a decent bike and cut it apart. <laughs> take an ugly bike and cut it apart. My, my 95XR200 is about to be torn apart. I think it runs currently, but it's going to get torn apart anyways. So I think that, that that's a that's a good thing that you did. Good choice. Good bike. Have fun with it. Right on. All right. Z, you got an email there? Yes. This one's from Andre Weatherford. Are we going to get into uh, more controversy? Yeah. <laughs> you got to edit that one down, though. Uh, yes, this is a very, very long email. Uh, I believe everyone appreciates your thoroughness and your story. Um, I enjoyed reading it while I've been sitting here listening to this. Andre is from Hawaii. He lives in Oahu. Is that, am, I, am I saying that right? Oahu. 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 Okay. Uh, he started listening just last week because he just recently had a motorcycle accident. Mm. And he had to ride the bus. Um, and this is going to be another gear and helmet conversation. He says the story, uh, his 2013 Kawasaki Ninja 650 has been totaled because of something beyond his control. He Mm. ended up rear-ending a SUV and cracked his helmet in half. Ooh. Um, In half? Z? What? Does that that, that hit you in the heart at all? I am totally fine dying doing what I love. Okay, all right. But um, his belief, he firmly believes that states or governments 
their best interest is to protect us even when we're too dumb to do it ourselves. <laughs> so he believes that there should be laws in place to take your rights away from you. That's that's his belief. I firmly believe that since we're American, we ha- we get to have all the opinions in the world. We have that right here. But uh, yeah, he, he definitely goes on. He says that, you know, women like Emma, who's been writing for 40 years, she's more experienced and probably less at risk than most people. But he definitely believes that uh, they should be making us wear helmets just like they make people wear seatbelts. Yeah, I mean, and this is the controversy we keep talking about. Um, we, I think we all agree that we should have the right because we've all ridden okay. in other states so, without ge- without gear, but we also want people to want to wear it. So apparently that, that's I, a trade-off. Apparently I stirred up quite the uh, the controversy what was like six <laughs> well, or seven just, episodes ago. So let me ask you, is there anyone else in the room besides me who's been in an accident that the helmet did save their life? Oh. Okay, yes. yes. Uh, almost everyone in the room. Okay. Z. Yeah, I got in a wreck in shorts and a t-shirt, no helmet. Okay. Is that, that those those tattoos I see? No, those are just okay. for fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I had an F two fifty flew forward. I ended up Ooh. with seventeen stitches in my right knee and a cracked rib. That's it. Wow. <clears throat> and I All right. still ride like that. But just just to confirm, just to reiterate that uh, that uh, riding and operating a motor vehicle here is actually not a right as far as California goes. It is a privilege, and so the that aspect of you know whether they want to impose some kind of law on you, it is part of that scheme i guess you know so i think it's it's a, it's a gray area everything's a gray area so z in in states that there isn't a helmet law do you ever wear a full face helmet i don't even own a full, full face okay. helmet i own right. the super lightweight beanie that costs like a hundred dollars that's like the dot approved thing okay so it's it's not as much about i just want the right you just prefer Oh, I, I definitely prefer, okay. but right. I'm always for people's rights. Sure. You have a right to have your opinion. I have a right to have my opinion. I have a right to, to function my body and my life the way I should. I want to. Okay. I, don't, I, do, I just don't believe in forcing people's opinions down your throat, and I don't think our government should be involved in personal choices like that. Uh, Carrie, you want to jump in on this one? Sure. Um, <laughs> what's your opinion? So my opinion is I teach riders how to be safe on the road. Um, I personally wear full gear all the time, all mm-hmm. gear, all the time. Um, I'm going down the street to go pick something up two blocks away if I'm on the motorcycle, every piece of my gear is on. Um, that being said, in states that don't have helmet laws, if somebody does want to wear a helmet, that is their right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people need to be making informed decisions. So if somebody decides to not wear a helmet because they're more comfortable that way, but they don't <clears throat> understand what it is that the helmet is doing, I think then that is, uh, that that's an error. And I'd actually way. be in support of a liability form saying that I've read a document or a book on what happens or I've seen the videos and I'm still choosing not to wear one. I think it absolutely should be like, here's your information. Now you can make your choice. We're gonna make it legal. Z, do you like fruit? Yes. Where's this going? What, in, in what's, a, what's some of your favorite food? In a blender. Watermelon. Ooh, watermelon. Good choice. I know. It's like a head. Tell you what. Um, I would like to protect your watermelon. We've got a whole shed of free gear. Um, if it's okay with you, I'd love to give you a helmet that you can hang on your bike to put your fruit in. My, my fruit in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put your fruit in. I, I'm thinking dingleberries right now, and I'm like, I don't have any of those. That's all. That, I mean, let's find a compromise. Let put me give you vegetable. a helmet to put on your bike to keep your fruit in to protect it in case you get in an accident because you don't want to hurt your fruit. Props for being consistent and persistent. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Knock. 
Do you have an email ready to read? Yeah, <laughs> so it's called Crash Report. <laughs> <laughs> so that's from our On buddy David. Uh, hey, Liza, last week listening to uh, episode 275 while driving out to Burns in Eastern Oregon on my way in my work van, a dead straight road with nothing but scrub brush to keep you awake. Uh, you were again lecturing on wearing proper gear, which I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Harley Bagger approaching from the other direction, and I was looking at him. A small deer came bounding out of the brush, oh. and in short, he hit the deer. Uh, he went flying, the deer went flying, and uh, the guy was separated from his Harley. And uh, he was the guy was wearing like a like a beanie helmet, and the helmet tumbled, and his helmet was removed. Like it. Oh. That's Keep never good. I've yeah. had one like that that just does not strap on properly. Yeah. Half helmets have a, uh, I, I know this from teaching, half helmets have a tendency to come off in accidents, mm. um, and we don't allow them when we teach. Yeah. Full disclosure, I own three. <laughs> just want to put that out there. I do notice that typically your passenger wears it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to store for the, the unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he pulls over uh, to check out on the rider. Uh, signaled to another car to call 911. He ran over to check on the guy. Uh, he was face down in a pool of blood, but fortunately was able to let out a groan, and so the guy was, you know, alive. Mm. His head was in bad shape. Uh, was wearing one of his little Harley helmets. Apparently, the bike was strewn with bike parts. There's bike parts everywhere. Yeah, but it was there venison that night? That's what I want to know. And he was wearing a leather jacket, leather pants, without armor, big gauntlet gloves. Uh, One had flown off, one pair of gloves, and that does happen. Uh, Later that day, I couldn't help but wonder how different if that incident incident would be different for the rider had he worn full face helmet, proper gloves, and some kind of retention device for his jacket, pants, and armor. Uh, I see many... a lot of riders touring in rigs, nothing but t-shirts and jeans, uh, enjoying the nice breeze. Thankfully, this guy was also alone and not carrying a passenger. Um, so he, he, Trooper arrived and uh, it was taken to Bend, Oregon, but he wasn't able to find on the status of uh, what the guy was. Yeah, that's the guy did. You know, um, the other day when I was going to work, I was in a lot of traffic on the freeway, and a guy on a Harley in a happy helmet and short sleeves zoomed up the middle uh, lane splitting the day they came out with the new actual what was it, the rules the of guidelines. Lane, the guidelines yeah. of lane splitting guidelines. by the CHP tips they're and, uh, and I was like oh he's going kind of fast and then traffic came to a dead mm-hmm. stop and then the emergency vehicles came mm. and then by the time I, I got up to where everybody had to get completely off the freeway because there was a Harley and a dude lying in the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. So they had to get everyone off all like four lanes. We saw this too, you and I and Jim, I think, driving up to uh, I, I've seen this iron. a couple of times. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I just thought, oh, that's unfortunate. No, more than once on Highway 17, there's, you know, a Harley will come up fast behind me, and I'll be like, cool, bro, go ahead. He goes ahead, and then about like literally like seven or eight minutes later, traffic stops, and you already know what happened. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say it's lane splitting. We all lane split, and, and we all lane split faster than the guidelines. But he wasn't wearing much gear, and he was just splayed out. It was, it was unfortunate to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all gear all the time is our rule here. And you know what, um, Z, not tearing into you, I know part of what you're doing is about the right, and there's two different things happening here. Oh, yeah. It, there's it's, what you should do, and there's what 
um, we have a right to do. And you're standing on a platform supporting one I'm thing. I'm always about rights. I understand. That's what you're doing. And like I keep saying, the the rest of the country agrees with you. It seems like it. that. I think Californians but, tend to not like me, but uh, most, most people do, do typically believe that the government shouldn't be making our choices for us. We should make them for well, us. I, I can tell you the only reason we stress to any of the people in our group to wear better gear is because we care about people. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. That is it. And I mean, so, I I mean we, we, we give you shit. We're not attacking you. We just want oh, no. everyone to survive because a lot of us have survived because of the gear. Mm-hmm. And we've seen people who don't. Well, it doesn't offend me when someone cares about me and wants me to wear gear. It offends me when someone treats me like I'm a child and they should be making my decisions for me. Can I make a deal? If they repeal the helmet law in California, will you wear one all the time? No. (laughs) Damn it. All right. Emily. Yes. Do you have an email that involves crashing and gear at all? Uh, No. Good. Let's let's go with that one. Good. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Let's move on. This is from Lefty. Lefty. Oh, no. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is a setup, isn't it? It's better than Stumpy. I'll tell you that. He says, thanks for sharing your talents and brilliant comedy along with valuable information. Comedy? Oops, oops, wrong podcast. (laughs) What? That's nothing here. That was creative writing. (laughs) Um, I don't think so. They're about to say something mean. They're they're buttering us up. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, maybe. Uh, (laughs) His challenge is to create a G-rated episode for his mother, who's an experienced writer, and his daughter, Hmm. who's also licensed... A challenge. There once was a man from Nantucket. That means I can't cuss. <laughs> he does have a... Oh, then he says, a wacky idea to find a priest and a rabbi among your customers and interview them on their relationship with motorcycling, then send them on a ride together and follow up in a future episode. I like a that. Priest and a rabbi. Keep or toss like an F-bomb. This will be some new jokes. <laughs> a priest, a rabbi, and an imam. You know what? You know what? I don't think we've said any curse words Oh, no. Words I, today. I, heard, I heard Jim say fuck earlier. God. I did not. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Son of a... So I got my something. tongue up this chick's out. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jim. Uh, uh, that, that is a great challenge. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Jim, Wait, what do you got there? Are we actually going to try to do this? I don't think, I don't I think don't we know. can accomplish this. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I think we're, I think we do just fine. It's a family show. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I would say this is probably one of the better. Depends ones. what kind of family you have, <laughs> I guess. Huh? All right. uh, Peter Nielsen. Hey Peter, hey, what's Peter. up, homie? Uh, hey Miss Fitz, I really enjoyed the last episode, especially hearing about Liza and Jim's adventure ride. Hey, hey, cool. Thanks. I'm very glad to hear Jim's basically okay. Only <laughs> 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 knew, um, and all the other crashers, which I was stoked to. Everybody. Right. Did you guys hear he had a, a, a yeah head on collision? Yeah. Anyway, head on collisions are scary. Yep. Um, I've been in some and seen some very bad ones too. The guy uh, at the back country discovery routes ride bdr.com mm-hmm. have been reinforcing the need to stay to the right and i think yes. it's critical for trail riding safety mm-hmm. i would agree wholeheartedly jocelyn mentioned this too when i was talking to her about yeah. the accident yeah i stayed to the right didn't work out so well for me but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did your part i did anyway I, I like what he's referring to so anyway i could relate to your story about the gps and thought i would share what i use i'm not an electronic gizmo type and i am not either so i was looking for the easiest way to read dot gpx files so adventure Writers are probably familiar with this. I found a free app, Liza, this speaks to uh-huh. you, a free app that reads GPX files and gives turn-by-turn navigation on your phone. <gasps> that goes through the Bluetooth into your helmet if you have it. Nice. Right? Yes. Which, well, then. Which you, is one of the... Do you guys use uh, GPS? Uh, 
Um, no. no. Okay. Yeah, don't start. Paper. Paper, <laughs> paper is paper good. Because well, one of the things I realize is that detracts from the experience is looking down at the GPS. Yeah. It's like anything else. It's like you may as well be texting. But anyway, but this is really good advice. I really appreciate it. he wrote in. So Peter, thanks. So the site is bikegpx.com. You simply upload the file to their site, either from your computer or a website. Then it creates a barcode. Blah. Anyway, text shit. Blah blah blah. And then it sounds like a lot easier way to do it. Um, so bike GPX and maybe try that for your adventure riding. So thanks, Peter. I'll check it out. And then also and and knock. Wait and take knock with you next time on his XXX XRR. It might keep him out of the alley. <laughs> hey, what? He when he wants to come and visit. What are you doing in the alley? Yeah, knock? what are you doing? Hand jobs. The, oh, that's it. Uh, just don't look at him <laughs> in the oh, eye. There goes that GPX. I got to Daddy's got to make some money. Come on. So this is <laughs> this make he rent, needs more baby. tires. He needs more is, uh, tires. Pete from, he even said it like uh, phonetically or whatever, yeah. but I can't pronounce it. So it's Pete from Washington. He says, if you ain't sliding, you ain't riding. You know what I'm saying, Doc? This is true. I was, yeah. I was sliding the nice. shit out of that troll right. bike today. Bagel, what yes. you got there? Uh, I have an email from uh, Alan Smith. Hey, hey Alan, Alan Smith. Yes, and Alan says, hi all at the Recycle Garage. Hey. Hey, uh, Alan. I am one of those better streamliner guys. Yes. And like a mofo. Yes, he is. Wait, we're are you guys clean. familiar with the streamliners? No. So Alan has, uh, he's got a Ninja 250 that he put a streamliner body around it. So it's completely encased. It looks like a submarine. Like a okay. big silver And envelope. I think yeah. his, no, not like that. Like a super <laughs> nerdy version of this. And I think his record is like 188. Eight miles per gallon, 187 yeah, miles there, per gallon. Yeah. They do fuel economy challenges. Is it like? Wow. I think you were showing me some outside of Piston and Chain when Elizabeth yes. was in town. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, when Elizabeth was there. Yeah. Yep. All like right, a bunch of pizza boxes so, taped together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And and I swear, I think I saw him on my ride this summer. So, so I wouldn't doubt it. If I if that was you, Alan, hi. <laughs> and he says. Um, and uh, he wanted to comment on uh, Bagel's scooter overheating. Oh, right. Uh, dissipating engine heat can be a problem for fully streamlined motorcycles. Larger radiators would help. Is there any built-up grease and dirt on the engine cases? If so, that dirt will act as an insulator to keep in the heat. Hmm. If your scooter is a four-stroke, then add an external oil cooler. Adding an oil cooler on the scooter might require some machining. An oil cooler, an oil cooler will help keep the engine stay cooler. Uh, also, wrapping fiberglass insulating tape around the entire exhaust system oh, that's a good might tip. help to keep the heat away from the engine. And to reduce engine loads, an aerodynamic windshield and trunk would help. Then the engine will not have to work so hard to push the scooter down the road. He wants you to make a streamlined Vespa, doesn't he? It sure sounds like it. <laughs> and uh, he also says bump up the tire pressure to reduce the rolling resistance. Mm-hmm. And on the issue of helmets, I guess I can give my input. Uh. <laughs> when when new riders ask me... It's an ambush. <laughs> it's an I'm, I'm just going to forever be Z-Traveler of the helmet controversy. <laughs> <laughs> he says, when new riders ask me if they should wear, wear a beanie or full face helmet, I reply, it depends if you want an open or closed coffin. If you use a beanie helmet. I've used that one before, actually. That's hardcore. If uh, if you use a beanie helmet during an accident, chances are your head will be masked, hence closed coffin. If you wear a full-faced helmet, even if your head gets detached from your shoulders, the mortician can still put your unmashed head on your shoulders, hence open coffin. Simple. I love the word mashed. Yes. I know. He says, keep up the good work, Alan Smith. Hey. Uh, shout out to Alan. Thanks, Alan. And uh, I do have a, uh, a windscreen on my bike uh, that does help with aerodynamics. Um, have not tried wrapping the exhaust and fiberglass 
don't know how much that would help maybe a little bit um tire pressure is about as high as i want it to be and uh oil cooler i think might be tough to put on a vespa 250 <laughs> engine but uh, i think i i'm pretty sure that having cleaned out my radiators will help so what about little oil cooler hand guards yeah <laughs> no one's done that right like do it hand warmers no like hand guards like we have bark busters yeah but make them little oil coolers so block the wind and man. I know. I think it's gonna, brilliant. I love thank this. You. That would heat your hands up though, Liza, as the air goes through oh. it. Yeah, but that'd be great for winter riding. That'd be great for winter. Yeah, yeah. The winter, you, you could tie it right into your jacket. Just get some tubing into your jacket. See that too. There you yeah. Go. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to Ana Carrasco. Do you guys know who this is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Congratulations on her victory. That's big so, news. So, Anna has made history in yep. the FIM Supersport 300 World Championship yeah. as she secured the world title in the final race of the season, becoming the first female to secure a world title. Her performance this season has been nothing short of stunning, mm-hmm. and it'll be one that won't be forgotten in a while. Cool. No, I saw that today, too. Nice. I'm like, that's, She beat that's all a, the boys. That's Ooh. bitching. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, definitely bitching. Go get That em. is yeah, awesome. I saw that today. Go get Congratulations. You know, well done. You know, and we're talking about, you know, women writing, and sometimes women need a little more support or, or confidence. <sighs> Not her. Oh, she's Not probably her. floating she's in it. She's crushing it. <laughs> that's awesome. She's fast as fuck. How about that for your G-rated episode? I want to know. Oh, Jim. So, yeah, congratulations. Really cool to see her. And it's just another woman that's going to add to bringing more women writers out there. Because ultimately, isn't that what we all want? We want more writers, period. We want more writers who wear their helmets. Exactly. (laughs) All on the same page. (laughs) Definitely the same page going on right now. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, I think I think we've got everything wrapped. So I just want to recap MotoBirdAdventures.com, and you would consider doing a partners trip. Yes, but not strictly couples. Right. Yes. Yeah, you know, I could bring my guy friend. Yeah. Be right. like, yeah, I'm and couples, go. couples totally welcome. But I've had folks suggest couples only trips um that sounds well, like i mean one on one one on one that sounds horrible like, yeah. no, 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 no. i'd have, have a key party later <laughs> yes uh, wait swingers so, so what's that, 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 that usually that's what interesting i was gonna say that sounds better than couples yeah that's much more interesting than couples <laughs> yeah. I think. they're more open you're not gonna have the uh, jealousy thing okay going i'm on. starting to skis myself out. um and and also look for your articles at citybike.com yes citybike.com um there's I know some a lot of good like bike reviews going on right now. You know, we didn't even mention it, but the uh, Royal Enfield uh, did a big test ride. They invited two hundred. I know I went on reporters. it. Reporters invite you. And they took off from down the time. street from my house. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Oh. I saw them all last week. <sighs> so much rejection going on there. I know. I, I know. Why I didn't you think, invite me, guys? I think James will be reviewing that for City Bike. That yeah. could be a rumor, but... It might be a rumor. I got a question for you. How's yeah. Serge doing with his surgery and uh, everything? He's all right. He's I think he's up. done with his surgeries for now. Okay, um, cool. And he's, cool. he's, he's actually working a ton considering mm. how busted he's can he, can he walk or is he using crutches or canes he's uh last time i saw him he was using 
uh, stuff to help him walk. Yeah, walk good. Um, okay, good. But, but I, about. He he made it down their back steps and back up, and so that All was right. that's, that's progress. That's it's it's pretty impressive how quickly. Yeah, he's keep moving. up the good work. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we can get you in here again uh, soon, so we can talk about the the trip that yeah. you're about to do. Yeah. And maybe we can uh, get Z in and we can talk a little bit more about some more controversial things. Yeah, I swear, can we find something other than helmets? Sure. How about Shorts. Horizons Unlimited? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh. I need to quit telling you all my <laughs> dirty <laughs> secrets. <laughs> the teaser for next week. Uh, actually, yeah. I, I may be up here next week. That's I'm interested to come a couple more times because uh, eh, Baja might be in my, my very near future. So. And see, so just as a reminder for everyone how can they find out information about you you have your own facebook group yes i have minimalist motorcycle vagabonds or you can get on facebook and just type in mmv mmv and uh yeah it's twelve thousand people i support all bike types as long as you lo- love your motorcycle you can have a great adventure on it and i want you to come and brag about it and show people and <clears throat> we're here to help everyone out and be supportive and then i've also got my website ztraveler.com i'm ztraveler on facebook and instagram uh, welcome all questions privately posted, publicly posted, however you would like to contact me. And uh, I'm also considering some new mm-hmm. new things. I'm thinking yes, about doing a Patreon and doing some exclusive content coming up. I'm oh, supposed wow. to be going to South America one of these days. And uh, I'd like to start making this a serious thing and also maybe get into a magazine if anyone from the magazines is listening. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. I can, I can well, somewhat I, think, write. I know someone. Maybe you can ask uh, some questions about how to get articles. Oh, I'm into definitely, definitely going to hey, hey. magazine. Also, check out She ADV. I know that they are uh, looking for article writers pretty regularly as well. Oh yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'll check out everything that I, I can. I, I'm pretty well at writing at this point. I've been practicing for the last couple of years. I'd love to get my name out there more. And and Z, good job today. She, uh, she came in to do her her fork seals. Which is no easy... No small undertaking. No, especially when you run into a stripped bolt. Mm, yeah, the Wait first one came How'd out. How'd you get it out? Was it a fork bolt? What, what was it? Yeah, the fork drain pitch, bolt that's up in the fork oh, that you have to use yeah. a long bitch. Allen for. Oh, first one came out bitch. okay. The, ne- the second one stripped, and it took a hammer and some, some fun there. But uh, my bike now has new sprockets, chain, fork seals, and fork oil. Apparently... I was missing about two thirds of my fork oil, and there was sludge in there. Ooh. Did you uh, test ride it? We're, well, we're, I have not test ride it yet. We're Ooh. about to hit forty thousand miles together, so I bought it at thirty four hundred and twenty one miles. Yeah, and we're at forty three thousand right now, so a couple hundred more miles. So I'm not going to lie. No, uh, so not the less, lesson I taught her is try different tools, and the two different Allen wrenches she was trying were ball tip. Yeah, which oftentimes work, but it doesn't reach the bottom, and so I no. sent her out to get a flat. A, uh, an Allen that didn't have a ball tip. Yeah, we knocked it Allen. in there with a hammer and put pressure on it. And while I was turning the wrench, I had her tapping it with a hammer to make sure it stayed seated. A pair and of pliers too. Yeah, the Allen pliers, pliers for, uh, for to get leverage. Leverage and just the teamwork. Tapping, tapping, spinning, spinning, and it popped right out. Nice, cool. Yeah, yeah. it's much easier than uh, than mm-hmm. it seems. Trick I always tell you did people replace get, the bolt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Trick I always oh, tell people is just try different tools especially with screwdriver stuff like that sometimes you'll find the right wrench socket screwdriver allen that just gets in just enough to mm. get it out and it's so, amazing too what some tapping does mm-hmm. you know 
exactly. works. Hammer is the best tool on the yeah. planet. But um, yeah, hopefully you try out Patreon because it's been great for us, which is a good opportunity for me to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We've had some new ones this month. And I just want to drop a little tease. Mm. I'm uh. working on a new thing Ooh. for our Patreon subscribers. <clears throat> a th- mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, but but it's going to be our way of showing our appreciation. I'd also like to say thank you for uh, to Liza for giving this idea to me and uh, brainstorming a lot. And I also really much enjoy, I've gotten a lot of new input from people because of being on this podcast. Apparently people enjoy listening to me and that's, that's giving me ideas for some exclusive content. Awesome. Cool. Cool. I think we're ready to go. Um, we've got AIM Expo coming up. Vegas, baby. Man, I wish I was going. We're coming heavy, too. Knock, Jim, and I riding to Vegas. And a salt That's shaker next full week, of cocaine. Isn't it? Uh, the 10th? Yeah. Oh, shoot. No. It's coming no. out. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, better sort it out, man. <laughs> I know. Figure it out. So, yeah, if anyone's going to be there, uh, look for us. We're, we're going to be the misfits. You'll find us. I'm going to try to look as official as possible, but I'll have a drink in my hand. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be kind of a vacation for me. Awesome. I'll do my best. Oh, yeah. And yeah, thanks again to our Patreon subscribers because I bought some new equipment oh, yeah? this yeah. week that I'm excited about. I'll show you guys after the recording. It was like legit, too. Nice it wasn't like, you know, $1.99 from China stuff. <laughs> it was just like... It was well, I follow the same rule I do with tools. Buy the cheap one. If it doesn't work out for you or you use it too much, then upgrade to something better. And that's what I had to do. Yeah. And what I'll say is a lot of things people don't realize is the amount of time Liza invests in editing the show. You know, it's not like we just record it and then you push a button and it goes out. You know, Liza spends a lot of time editing stuff out. So the benefit of Patreon subscribers, you know, donating is Liza can get better stuff, which makes the show, you know, a lot easier to produce because like we all have day jobs, you know, so this is, we're doing this on the side. So the fact that people allow Liza to get stuff to make things easier is good. Thank you. And thank um, you again, um, Emily and Carrie for coming down. I appreciate it. Thank you for it. having us. Yeah. Did you have cool. something to add? Carrie turned into a superhero. Yeah. She put like a cape over her all of a sudden. She looks like a superhero. So, I, I got hot. I had to take the sweater off. <laughs> so like uh, if you're out riding in the hills, um, if you're going to blast past a guy on a short straight as you approach the curves you better make damn sure that you know how to take those turns because sometimes it's not a good story so knock tell the story what happened what no it's it's wait were you which one which one in the story were you now or is knock just butthurt because somebody smoked him no i got i was the one that got past the guy was on an r1 and i'm like on my shitty troll bike and uh the ninja 400 or 600 the 600 And uh, we get to a set of turns. I was like, oh, okay, he's going past me. Great. Rock and roll. And he's just detonating his brakes every time. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Just, you, you sure it wasn't just, Yuri? No, it was not Yuri. <laughs> it was not. Yuri wouldn't be in the same county. That's the most frustrating thing ever. It is frustrating. It's just yeah. what it is. It's not even like, oh, I'm a faster rider, bro. Like, it's just like, be aware of what the fuck's going around. You want to ride you. your own ride. Yeah, I want to ride my own ride, but you're in my in front of my shit. Like, you know, these are the juiciest set of turns in that section of road. Ruined and you ruined them. Don't waste them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Knox. So his That's advice it. is don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be nice. Be All right. My advice is have an awareness of what's going on around you. And don't pass him. And don't pass him. He <laughs> gets upset. I get, yeah, my ego gets yeah. bruised. <laughs> don't pass him. There it is. There it is. All right, on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. This is Eliza. This is Knock. Mm-hmm. Bagel. Carrie. Emily. Lindsay. Naked Jim, support our troops. And we're out of here. Cool. Bye, cool. everyone. <laughs>